episode of Tell the Truth and Be Free, a podcast committed to keeping it real. I'm your humble and soon-to-be favorite podcaster, Free. You can find me on IG and TikTok on That Girl Freedom and Facebook at Freedom Rain. This is season one, episode four on the topic, Let's Eat. A man of God by the name of uh, Pastor Melvin Carmel once said that there are two types of people, active and proactive. He further explained that active people are those who are always up to something or that they are always doing something or are preoccupied. While proactive folks are those who do not wait to be struck, rather they strike first. I have to say that was my favorite part because I'm one of those people. I don't wait to get hit, I hit first. (laughs) So these are the folks who don't wait to be told to do something, they take the initiative. I believe that there is a third type, which is reactive people. So those who react and pay mind to just about everything, these types of people are often distracted by just about anything and are therefore lacking focus. These are the types who I believe are the ones who find excuse to be unproductive or excuses to be unproductive. Much like active people, proactive folks are those who do not fold their arms waiting for destiny helpers. In fact, I believe that most destiny helpers, quote unquote, don't want to just give out handouts or give handouts. There's a reason when people win the mega million lottery, it is said that those winners end up becoming broke in five years or less. Anything that you do not work for, you become a poor steward over. There is integrity in honest work. So let's face it, nobody wants a liability. So I love the story of the prophet Elijah and Elisha that I wanted to share with you in the book of 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 15. And just to summarize, the Bible says that the prophet Elijah was instructed by the Lord to anoint Elisha as his successor. And when the prophet Elisha meets Elijah meets Elisha, he was found plowing with 12 oxen, which are cows. And the Bible said that immediately Elisha followed Elijah. Though he asked him, what do you want from me? But I believe that was just testing his seriousness as, as to accepting or succeeding him or following him. But what I found very powerful in this part is that it is implied, or the Bible is, well, theologians implied that Elijah comes from a wealthy family. Because by the 12 oxen, those were not normal, you know, people didn't own that many cows unless they were wealthy. But I want to believe that part of that wealth or coming from that place of wealth that he was born into, he had plans and goals for himself, which was to serve the Lord. And it can be assumed that Elisha had been preparing himself over the years for this opportunity, which is why when the prophet showed up to anoint him as his successor, he did not resist. Instead, the Bible said that Elijah, um, Elisha, I should say, kissed his mother and father and immediately followed the prophet Elijah, Elijah, Elijah. So simply put, productivity over mediocrity. You see, we live in a society where sometimes folks wait for someone else to make room for them instead of making one for themselves. In layman's terms, we wait for someone else to prepare the food, set the table, and then invite us to eat. Truth is, most folks are freeloaders, if we want to be honest. Freeloaders are just those lazy people who bring absolutely nothing to the table, not even a bottle of water, but we chow down everything on the table without conscience. These types of folks are the complainants of just about every situation. They're the ones who complain what their mother, father, society, the weather, never gave them that they wanted, finding every excuse in the book to avoid being responsible and accountable, 
and to avoid pursuing the things that they deeply desire. See, nobody is responsible for anyone and nobody is obligated to make life easier for anyone. Not you, not myself. A parent stops being responsible for their child, both financially and legally, when they have reached the legal age of 18. You know, it annoys me so much when I hear overly grown folks hold on to why their parents and someone never did X, Y, and Z for them. But I always ask, if no one did it for you, you can do it for yourself. Folks need to stop hiding behind a bunch of excuses and masking their laziness with complaints that they never yield results or anything positive. You see, one of the things, a problem that I see with us um, humans or people, but mostly our Africans, because I'm African and I can speak to that. You see, uh, complacency, as they say, is the enemy of progress. A lot of folks, and I should say majority being Africans, have made complacency a friend. It has become a norm. In fact, it has become like a part of life. Many attribute their failures to so-called delay due to some spiritual attack, but truthfully, we are, we are our own witches and wizards. So when people are praying and rebuking devils and demons and witches and wizards, I often wonder to myself, could we be rebuking ourselves? If so, who's going to get the deliverance? <laughs> so it baffles me, though, how many prayers we pray every day and at times doing the most, but yet over and over, there are no results for mere frustrations. This is because there are some things prayer alone, and the key word is prayer alone, will not solve. Rather, it will take deliberate action to see results. So some key points of complacency or some characteristics of a complacency that a person might exhibit is blindsidedness. You see, many have become so blinded, blindsided by the wrong things, people, places, that they can't see a solution, even if it were in lights. So they're either blaming a relative, parent, government, or some entity for their failures that they cannot even see the solution. Truthfully, those people choose to be and to stay blind. Another is safety zone. Your safety zone can become a danger zone, and many play it safe because playing it safe is the safest place to be. But I like to challenge you. I believe that the longer a person stays in a place of safety, they're likely to become comfortable. And it is said that it is when a person is in a time of turmoil or fear, that is when their adrenaline or survival instinct kicks in. So is playing it safe actually the safest place to be? Something to think about. So they say that familiarity breaks contempt because where a person has no contempt for something, it becomes familiar. And contempt is a form of hate or it is hate. So in order to have contempt or hate for something, one has to have realized the possible destruction or delay in progress that it poses. I read a book by Dr. Cindy Trim and she said that um, on the topic of uh, learning, she said that people have the, the potential to learn, relearn, and unlearn. And she claimed in her book that every person, every individual has the ability to learn, relearn, and unlearn. So some folks have become so complacently comfortable that they may learn something or have learned something, but do absolutely nothing with the information or the knowledge that they have gained. And most times they do not want to relearn either, talk less of unlearning something. In order to be able to build anything 
of your own. One must be willing to learn new skills, relearn something they already know, but has changed in some way and be willing to unlearn some methods or strategies that hasn't or isn't working. I have to disagree with the adage that says, if it isn't broken, don't fix it. And I would like to propose though, though it may not be broken or something may not be broken, but could it be that it could be improved? Why then do homeowners renovate a home when it isn't broken? Because everything can be improved. So everyday things, people, companies are evolving and it can be detrimental to one's success if they're not willing to maneuver the three keys that is to learn, unlearn, and relearn. I pity the person who claims to know it all for in actuality, they're actually electing ignorance by choice. Try starting a business or doing a business strictly without using any form of social media and come back and tell me how it is. You see, comfortability equals mediocrity. If I may be honest, nothing irks me or gets on my nerve or irritates me more than seeing something being done with so much mediocrity. Doing something with very little to no effort that even a stranger cannot see the effort in it. In addition, I must say that I have very little to no tolerance for mediocrity or any kind, regardless of what it is. Even if that thing is being done for my enemy, it better be at the utmost best. As I have learned, mediocrity in some part of the Latin world means halfway up the mountain. Imagine someone climbing up a mountain halfway, then wanting a trophy or some recognition that they have climbed a mountain halfway. You see, the Guinness Book uh, of World Records does not recognize, recognize nor award folks who halfway did something or almost got there. The time a person would have take, you know, taken to come down a mountain that they went halfway up, they could have gotten to the top if they hadn't become complacent or comfortable with how far they had gotten. Good enough is not enough until your good is best. Imagine someone climbing a mountain halfway and saying, you know, hey, I've reached the top or I've reached halfway. Now, give me my trophy. You will likely laugh because why? They did not finish, you know, at the top. So I say all of this to say this. Don't wait for someone to afford you the opportunity to do anything when you can simply build your own empire. Many wealthy, prominent or renowned folks who are where they are today at some point got tired of being served, so they created something where they can serve others. You know what sucks? Being constantly reminded that it was because of someone that you ate. The big institutions, businesses, companies, etc. that we see today, it was because someone got fed up of showing up to another, peop- another person's dinner party or being served what they might not like or being restricted of what they could or couldn't do, say, think, Um, that they ventured out on their own. I have often said this, if you're not a great team player, then become a coach and build your own team that others can join. So I like the the story of Tyler Perry. And one of the things that I've observed with him that um, he said something, he said that don't wait to sit at their tables, rather set your own and invite them to eat. You see, today, because of this single mindset and the blatant hate for mediocrity and pity that Tyler Perry owns an entire studio the size of an entire city in Atlanta, Georgia, one thing I have observed about Perry is that he does not like to take orders from anyone, and I believe I fall in that category. 
especially where he has much asset to give. So where identity is not known, disrespect becomes inevitable. Why wait to be fed when you can make your own and invite others to eat? Don't wait for anyone to put you in the place of power or put you in a place of prominence. Every man and woman is banking on the favor of God. And the same God who has given you the power to make wealth, per Deuteronomy 8.18, is the same God who has given those in high places the same right. So rather than wait to be known or recognized, utilize all that you have been gifted with and be the one to serve rather than be served. One of my favorite scripture is Deuteronomy, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 12, and it says, And I will bless the works of your hands that you will lend to nations and never borrow. Metaphorically, every good meal takes time to make, and the better the ingredients and the time spent, the more tasteful it is. You don't always have to be the one to gather at other people's table. Rather, you can prepare the table and invite others to eat. It has been a pleasure hanging with you. This is another segment of Tell the Truth and Be Free, a podcast committed to keeping it real. I'm your humble and soon-to-be favorite podcaster, 